Twitter, right? You know, every now and then there's always a topic that get the whole timeline that holds the attention of everybody on the timeline. At one point it was the $200 dates. Um, at another point it was, you know, um, I guess chivalry and shit and so forth. So this, the latest uh, Twitter, Twitter craze topic, if you will, is uh, paying for third wheels on a date. So this topic came about some young woman um, talked about how she was out with her homegirl and her homegirl's man. They went to a restaurant and ate. Her bill came out to like $25 and some change. Okay. And the boyfriend, her friend's boyfriend, asked for separate checks. And she was upset about that. She called him raggedy or some shit like that. Like she insulted him. Oh, oh she dusty. I think that's the word she used. She was like, oh, we went out and ate. My bill came out to XYZ. And this dusty ass nigga had the nerve to ask for two separate checks. So now you got people discussing what happened. Like you have some people that are saying that's her boyfriend. Why you expect him to pay for your plate? Other people like, well, if he was a real man, he would have just covered the whole bill and so forth and so forth. Shout out to Ryan. Ryan was like, you know, is this common? Like, is this a real thing? Cause it hasn't happened to him. And he was just confused about it. So then I hit him up was like, you know, I got a, a sentence or two I can speak on this. You want us to talk about it? And he was like, yeah, so here we are. Um, me personally, I don't think I've ever been in that situation where I had to pay for a third wheel. And if I did, it was probably something like, like if if I'm out and her friends are there, we ain't, it's not like we're eating at, you know, Smith and Walensky's or or something like that. You know, but it's say, not like but let's that. but let's say you are. Say y'all like Capital Grill. Say y'all like Capital Grill, and okay. you know her girl. You know, you invite a girl on a date. She tags, she her friend tag along. Man, a spot like Capital Grill. I'm not gonna lie. I might be a little tight about that. Like, okay, I'm t- <laughs> <laughs> it's like, damn, I'm taking you out to Capital Grill. Is this like this supposed to be something nice for me and you? And you don't you don't tag your girl into this? Because part of me would kind of feel like, damn, the courteous thing to do would be to pay for that bill. But at the same time, it's Capital Grill. She might fuck around and order some that got market value next to it. And them prices ain't never friendly. Never. So here's my two things. So, A, did she tell dude that the girl was coming? Like, did he be like, hey, you know, let's let's go to dinner. And she'd be like, oh, you know, is it cool if my homegirl come too? Right. See, that's a big, that's, See, that's a big That's one. a, that's that's a, big, a big thing. Because if she asked him, is it okay if she come? I don't know if it's implied, but it may come across as if he was going to pay for her as well. If he's like, right. no, nah, it's all good. It's all good. She can slide. Or let's say if it's a let's say if it's a Friday, you just got paid, you feeling generous, and you like, hey, what you doing? Oh, I'm here chilling with Kiki. And then you say, All right, cool. Well, let's all go here. Now, if I do something like that, then yeah, oh, I'm, no. I'm gonna foot that bill. Yeah, but you ask. But if if me and her are out already, we out enjoying each other's time, we chilling, we kicking it. And let's say Kiki is having a bad day and she's like, girl, I just I just need to be around somebody I'm comfortable with. Can I come chill with you? Your girl got a soft heart. She said, sure, come join us. Something like that. I don't know if I'm picking up that bill. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not arguing with you. I understand the <laughs> I'm there. Um 
I was I listened to this other podcast. Um, it's called Poor Minds. Um, there are two hosts on there. There's uh, Lex P and Drea. So they they talk like this particular topic. Drea, the model chick Drea. Yeah, Drea Nicole. Okay, I don't know her last name, but light skinned girl, right? Drea's not light skinned. No, not not Drea Drea. Not oh, okay, okay. Drea. That's why I said Drea and Nicole to be more specific. Okay, uh, my bad. Yeah, they're two, they're two ladies from Houston that now reside in Atlanta. They have a podcast out of there. They've been featured on oh, Joe Budden's podcast. Oh, wait, wait, wait. They had a, a, a viral moment um, on with the both of them. What the fuck was it? They were both on uh, 85 South podcast, and they had a yes, viral moment. Yes, and Chico Bean made them look real stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I remember they that viral, they had a little viral moment there. Yeah, but um, so it's it's really so like I was saying with them, they they had this topic. They would look down on a nigga if you know she brought her homegirl along and he didn't pay for her. Hold on, hold on, come here, guys. My sister just walked walked past a little makeshift dining room slash studio. So. Here's the scenario. I need you to speak up loud. Come. Okay. So <laughs> Frank and Catherine are waving at each other. It's, it's, it's crazy. So the scenario is your, your guy calls you. He say, Hey, let's go. Let's go to dinner. You just bring your home girl along. Oh, see automatic. So you just bring your home girl along. Is he, is he wrong if he don't want to pay for that? That's not me. That's that's that sound like y'all don't know how to communicate. I wouldn't even do that. That means you don't know your man. You just brought somebody. Okay. So here's the next situation. <laughs> you can hear her well, right? Yeah, I can hear her. Okay. So in the next situation, I say don't like when people show up at my house unannounced. So I don't all right. bring somebody to lunch. She said to lunch, not even dinner. Yeah. That's a real that sounds like a little girl thing to do. Okay, so so here's my next thing. Here's my next thing. So say he invites you to dinner, mm-hmm. and now you're like, can I bring my homegirl along? Why? Catherine is shaking her head no, guys. Yeah, she said why. <laughs> what is the reason for bringing the homegirl? That's what I don't understand, because if I'm going to go spend quality time with the person that I want to spend quality time with, but I'm trying to spend it with my Okay, home wait, girl. wait, guys, guys, guys. Frank, you can't talk, she talk, like, she can't hear you. Okay, you're right. So translate what I said. I didn't hear what you said because she was talking okay. to you. <laughs> Let's okay, say wait. her homegirl was oh, having a bad day. Hold on, okay, hold on. give her the headphones. All right. So <laughs> real quick. So so let's say your friend is having a bad day. Let's say she went through a really bad breakup. She's feeling sad or something. And then you and your man go out. You don't want to leave her hanging. So you you offer to bring her along. Now, is he obligated to pay for her plate? I'm gonna just say this. If my if if I brought somebody, because you know, you never know certain situations. Let me play the devil's advocate because before I was like, because that's just not me. I wouldn't bring someone to an intimate setting where I know we were about to just like we planned for it to just be us because I don't make plans. Like I'm very how do I say this? I like to be very conscious of my time. So okay. if she needed me, I would make sure I was there for her 
when she needed me but that whole like hold on to your friend and stay there all night because she went through a breakup I think at 22 that's something I would have done at 30 girl you want to go get a drink at the bar and then go home and be home by 10 or because <laughs> because there's a bound there's boundaries you have to set like after a certain age you're not you need to know that when you have your man or you know the person that you're you know your partner because you know you gotta you gotta make sure you cover everybody in the spectrum uh <laughs> your partner <laughs> You have to be mature enough to know that there's times and places for everything. And sometimes you have to set a boundary. Now, if you do have to invite your friend, I have been a friend that has been paid for. And if I expect that if I invite my friend and I told my guy that I invited my friend, he knew this because I I told you I don't spring shit. And he knew when I told you that was me telling you she coming and that was you knowing you paying. I'm. Oh, okay. So you would expect him to pay, but you give him the heads yeah, up. Yeah, I would definitely give him the heads up. I wouldn't just have her show up at the table like, hey guys. And he's looking at me like I'm crazy. Like, no, that's not, that's bad communication. Okay. So make sure I'm heard. So if he, if just he, you asking him is the acknowledgement that he's paying, you just saying, hey, my homegirl's coming is the acknowledgement that he's paying. That's what she said. That's what she said. I'm just making sure that yeah. I heard. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel. But that, okay. but the type of people that I deal with, the, no, I don't have to explain it. I've never had to explain it. So they should just know. It just probably was something that we've ever talked. Like a guy that I used to talk to, like the way I met him, he bought me a drink. And this I was with my homegirls, bought us all a drink. Like. That's just how the way that you get, you know, to be the lover is you got to get with their friends. Like, that's how you do it. You know, I've never done that. No, <laughs> that was never my thing. <laughs> Not everybody does it. Not everybody does nah. it. But I'm pretty sure that with your wife, if you went somewhere and their friend was there, you wouldn't pay. Oh, yeah, no, I would. But I'm saying in a I just dating a courting not, phase, never not, done maybe that. not the well, yeah, I have been courted like that, but you know, I have, <laughs> I have, I'm from Miami. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so it gets, it, we get it lit. Miami women, y'all rules different. Don't do that. Don't do that because I'm <laughs> not even like. Tell Marvin we're going to have a separate episode on just Miami women alone. <laughs> Why? But wait, we never do nothing to you. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm now, dang. Now, now you want to have an episode about the Miami women? I don't know. I just expect a guy to pay. I don't know. That's how I was raised. That's how I was set up. If I went somewhere with no, Marvin. No, you grew up in Miami. It's in the water. That's how If I went somewhere pay. with Marvin, my brother, and I brought my homegirl, I, I expect Marvin to pay too. <laughs> Let me see what Marvin is saying. Mar- Marvin what? <laughs> I didn't hear the, I, I if I went somewhere and Marvin has <laughs> paid for me and my friends before. When it's like, if it's like me and Javaya. But you see. She, her friend she's referring to is more like family. Like, okay. know her for like 15 years at this point. That's a different situation. It's not different. That's why you have to know no, your no, no, definition no. of friendship because not everybody's your friend. No, but see, she's like a little sister to Marvin. If you're dating something, Javea won't be like a little sister to them. She would just be a new a new face. But I just feel, no, I... I I don't see nothing wrong with that. So he gonna have to buy her shots of fireball too? Yeah. 
Now I have gone places with my friends who are married because I do have a lot of married friends and I am a single girl. And I don't, that's how I've always been treated. I'm not even going to lie. And that could just be, maybe that's why it's so like normal to me. And I don't see anything wrong with it because all out of all of my friends and I have a lot of married friends, child, y'all know I'm 31, still single. Um, <laughs> so they pay this for This is not me. a dating podcast. I'm not trying to date nobody. I'm trying to get perspective and background. Okay. Let me get off of here before I have to turn. <laughs> I'm giving date. I'm giving perspective. My friends are not young, so their husbands don't act young. And the difference, the difference here is we're talking about somebody who may have been the quote unquote third wheel to a married couple who you've already known for 20 plus years. We're talking about somebody who you're dating and all of a sudden she's bringing on her home. That makes no sense. To to me, that makes no sense. That sounds like somebody you don't need to talk to anymore. Okay. Is that the answer y'all wanted? No, no. No, it's not. That means you don't know boundaries and you don't know how to communicate. Boom. 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 There we go. Woo. All right, people. On that note, Ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast, the podcast where two young professionals bring issues to the table and chop it up. I'm your host, Marvin, a.k.a. Turnpike Mars, since your ladies for the streets, a.k.a. Dat Man Beyond, a.k.a. Dr. Strange for a piece of change, and the man to the right of me can only be... The F and F and D, Frank. Let's chop it up. Let's chop it up. So this week got a few topics on the docket. Hey, before we before um, we jump in, hey, before we jump in, what's up? Hey, you seen the video of Joe Biden fall? I did. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> he tripped on that first step, tried to recover, and tripped on the next two steps, and finally went down. <laughs> Here's the thing: all of us stumble. You know what I mean? Like we all stumble. The first step, the first trip wasn't even funny to me. It was that he never, he went up six more steps and never caught himself. <laughs> you know, when you trip like that, like um, you ever been walking and you trip and you just keep stumbling until you finally hit the ground? Yeah. He did that going up some steps. I've never seen nobody trip like that going up steps. Here's my thing, Joe. You don't got to prove to us you fit. You ain't got to run up the stairs, boss. You're the president of the United States. You won. You won already. <laughs> Joe tried to jog up the stairs. I'm like, Joe, Joe, don't do it, Joe. Well, he should have did. After he tripped on that first one, he should have stopped, grabbed that railing, composed himself, and walked the rest of the way yeah. up. He thought he had it. He ain't have it. And move on. No. He he still tried to jog. It made me remember when he when he was announced to be the president of the United States and he came jogging out. And even then people was like, man, I hope you don't Come fall. On. I hope you don't fall. <laughs> please. Please, Joe. We just got you here. But yeah, man. Nigga fell. Knees hit the steps and all. Ugh. I know that shin was hurting. I bet he is so thankful Trump ain't got Twitter. <laughs> Boy, <it's- laughs> You know his bitter ass would have been lighting that shit up. I'm sure Fox News is lighting it up. I, you know what? When we get off, I'm gonna go see what Fox News talk about. Well, you know they they're gonna either be cracking jokes about that, or I don't know, man. 
we'll get into it. We'll get into it. it. It's how they how they report shit. It's so much on the docket. I don't know what it was about this week, man. This week just it was just so many noteworthy topics that came about. Yeah, man. But go ahead, man. Take the lead. Let's start off with Stacy Dash. So recently, Stacy Dash, um, for lack of a better description, she wouldn't be let back into the black community. <laughs> for those of you who are a little older, you might know Stacy Dash from Clueless, the movie. For others who may be a little younger, you know Stacey Dash as the black woman who they who Fox News refers to whenever they need a black person to talk shit about black people. It's almost like she was the Candace Owens before Candace Owens. So now Stacey Dash is on a couple of news circuits and basically saying how um, she wants to separate herself from the Republican Party and and basically everything that came with that image being a black conservative and so forth. And she wants to, uh, I guess she wants to rebrand in other words. But the thing is, um, if you're gonna rebrand, you can't come out and ask for it. Every successful rebrand that I've witnessed, they don't come out and say, hey, I understand you know me from X, Y, Z, but understand I ain't trying to do that no more. It don't work like that. If you're going to rebrand, you fall off, you lay low, and you emerge doing something else. A couple of successful rebrands, Joe Button. He was a rapper, kind of got quiet, emerged as a podcaster. Young Berg, he was a rapper who got beat up and his chains taken. Came, quiet down, came out. He even changes the name, came out as Hitmaker. Top producer in the game, one of the top producers in the game. Man, um, fuck all that. Fuck Stacey Dash, my nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you tried, and you know you tried to take it the professional route, and that's that's I am. And that's why you you man. That's why I love you. Fuck Stacey Dash. Stacey Dash ain't did shit for us since what? I'm about to say she hasn't done anything for the black community. If we being honest, no. So I'm, she, I'm gonna be real. Stacey Dash was once. This this beautiful girl who used to be on all the little BET director director BET what what they what they used to call those director uh director BET movies yeah. I mean she was on Clueless that what that Clueless hit theaters but after that I mean she was in the Kanye West videos all fall down she was on the cover of King magazine like first before we move forward we are removing Kanye West out of the penalty box. Just for this episode. Just though. for this episode. So there will not be any bleeping of his name. You will hear his name only because there's other things regarding Kanye that we want to talk about today. But the only thing she has contributed literally to society is being the girl in the blue dress for All Falls Down. I mean, she was on that show with Queen Latifah, that the show that Queen Latifah created. It was her, Lisa Ray, and I forgot the third actress. That was a pretty damn good show. But it never really took off like that. But other than that, Stacey Dash was just uh, a C-list actress, if you will. But um, to be honest with you, go ahead. Stacey Dash claimed the fame after that. Once that wore off, once you aren't the young hot girl anymore, her, her thing was, I'm going to go and be the token black 
angry, the token angry black woman on Fox News to, to say Trump is the guy, Trump is better than everyone else. And you literally are only doing this rebrand now, not because you're trying to turn it turn a new leaf. It's just because Donald Trump's not the president anymore. You're no longer needed because eventually you weren't black enough for them that they fired your ass. And now you want to, now you want to shuck and jive back over to our side. Hey, I'm sorry. They, they typecast me. How you get typecast as the angry black woman? No, you went there the, as the angry black woman. Cause that's the role you decided to play. Right. And you would never typecast as the angry black woman. Cause you've always in every role you've played, you've always played like the ditzy girl, like in, in clueless, you were the ditzy black girl. Um, on the show, you were, you were like the lead. It's, your role was similar to that lady in Sex in the City. You had that type of role. You've never portrayed an angry person on TV, so you can't say, "Oh, they hired me to fulfill a specific role." That was a role you never played to begin with. Um, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure how you ended up on Fox News being the uh, person who validates um, every negative action that's portrayed about Black people. And Fox News is, Fox News is, I mean, they're good for getting a black person to basically co-sign to all the bullshit they spew about black people. And it's not just on their news network, it's even on their sports network. They had uh, Jason Whitlock be that person for a while. And then they moved away from Jason Whitlock. And in all honesty, the person who has taken up that mantle, but not as bad as Jason Whitlock, is uh, Marcellus Wiley, and he comes with unique perspectives, but for, in bad. the same sense, he's just as bad. Um, you and that. Right? And Fox News, my bad. <laughs> and Fox News is. Go ahead. I was listening to Delby's podcast, and I was listening to you on Delby's podcast, and I heard "ba," and I said, "Frank." <laughs> <laughs> I, I started laughing so hard. Oh man. But go ahead. You know, and I when I be going, I, know, I, 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 I talk I with my hands little, a lot. Yeah. And I said, "Yep." <laughs> <laughs> he's feeling whatever he's saying. <laughs> but yeah, Fox News—they forever have this role that they get a black person to fulfill, and it's like whatever. For example, one of the hot topics is it is always protesting. Whenever black people are protesting, they never focus on why. Black people are protesting. They focus on, oh, angry mobs. That's one of their buzzwords. And looting. And then they would put somebody like Stacey Dash up on this pedestal and say, hey, why are Black people angry? And then she would say something along the lines of, oh, they're not doing it right. They could be doing it peacefully. And whatever they're mad about may not hold any merit and so forth and so forth. And that's what you became. You became that person. And the thing is, I wonder... Like, how much does that pay out? Like, how much does your dignity, in a sense, cost you? Mm. Put a price on that shit. Yeah, so, and I'll honest, and then on top of that, if you wanted to, if, if that's what you were, and now you want to change your image, you're not going to do that by basically saying, hey, this ain't me no more, or I saw the error in my ways, I want to move past this. It's not going to work like that. You're going to have to do a lot of work. You're gonna to have to. You're gonna to have to get on the front lines and and speak a different game. Your actions are gonna to have to speak 
way louder than everything you've said in the past. And you've said a lot of shit in the past. So good luck with that. A lot of dumb shit. Yeah. And then on top of that, you're no longer the young black girl that can hold attention, the young black pretty girl that can hold people's attention like that. And and not and in lack of a better description, they done moved on from you. They got somebody else to fulfill that role. And that's uh what's Candace Owens. She's the the young black face yeah. that talks shit that talks shit about black people now. Another name that we're allowing to, that we're allowing to be said on this podcast. We've literally for 37 episodes have gone out of our way not to say her name on this podcast. This is true. And but the reason we're talking about her today, because apparently she has a new show coming out and she needed a way to promote it. So what does she do? She picks a fight with somebody. Who does she pick a fight with? One of the a black artist that's beloved right now, which is Cardi B. She know damn well not to do it with Beyonce. But anyway, she a lot of people, I guess they see her as a uh Cardi's an easy target. I don't get why Fox News picked Cardi B of all people to uh, target. She's a music artist. She makes music for adults. And um, what's this guy's name? Ben Shapiro, um, even a couple of the pundits on Fox News, they all had an issue with the song WAP. And it's like, raunchy songs aren't anything new. Like there's nothing she said in that song that was like, groundbreaking in terms of raunchiness and i don't care in what genre of music you want to put it in is nothing she said was groundbreaking in rap when it comes to raunchiness there's been rock and roll songs that's been raunchy there's r&b songs that are raunchy there's you i mean sex is a part of human nature music is is humans expressing themselves People talk about sex. It is what it is. But for some reason, Fox News takes it upon themselves to make Cardi a punching bag. And Candace Owens is the latest person to lace up the gloves. But the thing I love about Cardi is if you come swinging at her, she's going to swing back. And this is what happened. They got into a a, a verbal boxing match on Twitter. And I want to say Candace got the worst of it. You got to tell us what happened, right? Okay, I'm getting it. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I was like, wait, what is he going to tell us what, what they did? What, what, what started it? This all started from Cardi and Megan's performance at the Grammys. Apparently, Candace has a show launching and she needs content. And what better way to do it is than to talk about somebody who's popular right now? So she picked a fight with Cardi and went back and forth with Cardi for a while. And Cardi had some jokes for her. One of the jokes that had everybody on Candace's ass is when she, uh, posted that uh, Candace, from what I understand, it's a fake tweet, but the tweet said, um, Candace wrote in a tweet, yeah, my husband cheated on me with my brother. And when I asked to join them, they said no, which is kind of weird, but everybody ran with it. Yeah, yeah, I saw that one. What did Candace have to say about the about the WAP thing? What was her whole big issue? That uh, she doesn't have one. That's what she said? <laughs> Isn't that what, no. Okay, what was her issue? <laughs> No, she just said it's uh, something along the lines of it being vulgar, not professional, ladylike, or some bullshit. Probably some shit like Be honest, probably some shit like how Cardi's ruining America or some shit. Yes, honestly, I don't pay too much of my. Is 
whenever she speaks, it's almost like nails on a chalkboard. It's like, just shut the hell up. Like, whatever you're saying is, it, it's just stupid. Because it's never coming from a place, like, it's never come, coming from a place of, like, genuine criticism. It's always from a place to demean someone of the Black community in the pig fights. Like, if you had a real like a legit criticism for someone, then it's like, okay, I get it. But in her case, it never comes off as that. It's very ingenuine. Agreed, agreed. I, I believe like, if if I'm remembering what was going on on Twitter with, all, with the whole, I mean, first of all, the Grammys was what it was. You know what I mean? They had those unique performances that everybody was doing because, you know, Grammys are trying to social distance and shit. And look, I watched the Cardi B and Megan and Megan uh, performance, performance, and I was like, "All right, this might be a little bit for CBS. You know, it might be a little bit much for CBS. I could see CBS being like, oh, there was one part. I don't know if you've seen it, but you ever seen two strippers? Like, one is, one is like, one is bent over and the other one comes and then like they flip each other with the legs situation. Yeah, one is laying on her back and the other one is straddling her in a reverse cowgirl. And then when she rolls over, she rolls over in such a manner that she flips the one on her back onto her stomach. And then now she's in a doggy style position. Well, That's what you're talking well, about. Well, go ahead. Somebody to watch many a porn. <laughs> <laughs> the nigga who say, say he never go to the strip club. Really, really <laughs> professionally and technically Broke that shit down for y'all. Thank you. No, thank you. So yeah. <laughs> now it was in that move right there. I was like, Megan, this is not your first time. <laughs> it wasn't. It couldn't have been. Nah, not the way it was too smooth. It was too smooth. I don't care how you practice. Now you know Cardi ain't even really no dancing. Like she ain't even no dancing ass nigga like that. And you could tell Megan strong because if you look at it, you see how fast Cardi flops over and you can look at Cardi's face. She looks surprised. Like it ain't like she expected it. It was like, oh shit, now I'm going over. And that's the reaction you want, you know? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is. It is, it is. You know, flip it, smack it, rub it down, as Martin said. <laughs> man, that show has so many classic quotables. Hey, man, it do. But, and I get it. Candace Owens. I hate even saying her name out loud. Candace Owens is one of those people who I didn't know she was, I didn't know she had a show, but that explains a lot of this back and forth. And plus she's been fairly quiet since Trump is in out of office. So I'm sure she needed something to generate some sort of interest in her. Right. Um, if she's getting a show, I'm assuming it's on Fox news or whatever. Or QAnon, something like that. Or OWN, or whatever the fuck, wherever that shit. No, not OWN. OWN is owned by Oprah. No, there's the OAN network. It's one oh, oh. American something network. Oh, that, okay. Same network, I've heard of that. Same network uh, Papa John's is on, you know. <laughs> oh, when he said he's been working like for 20 months to remove one word from his lexicon. Uh, okay. Racist gonna racist, you know. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> But 20 months and he still can't get it right. Still can't get it right. <laughs> that shit deep, deep in his lexicon. I don't get how some people could be so stupid. 
Like, you thought you was doing yourself a favor by doing that interview? But we don't. Dummy. Uh, anyway, fuck Candace Owens. Fuck Candace Owens. Yeah, I mean. Speaking of it. And honestly, she's losing her buzz. The fact that we're talking about her so long is probably the most press she going to get from from podcasters. <laughs> I'm pretty. No, I'm sure somebody will say something. but Nobody noteworthy that can really carry her or can, you know, help her stay relevant. I mean, you can only talk shit about black. As a black person, you can only be the black person that talks about black people for so long. Those type of positions have a very, very short shelf life. Agreed. Think about all the black people who, for lack of a better word, went on TV cooning. They don't last very long. They need new coons for whatever reason. You can't be a coon for too long. Be a coon by three, four years and they got to find a new one. Of course, of course. Moving on from, from that dumbass, but let's stay on the Grammys for a little bit. The Grammys had like some big things going on this year. Uh, I believe Jay-Z officially became the rapper to win the most Grammys ever. I believe he has like 23 Grammys. Blue has a lot of sippy cups. In fact, Blue has a sippy cup of her own now. That's goddamn right. That that brown skin girl song won the Grammys. Hey man. Yeah. Shout out to Blue. Shout out to one Blue. of the youngest people to ever win a Grammy ever. And you saw the the picture she took with her to pay homage to her father. She had a little straw in it. Sipping out of the sipping out of the Grammy. Yeah. Right. Thought that was dope, man. Gotta love it. Talented family, smart family. Um, all the respect to all the respect, but most importantly, um, Beyonce. <laughs> so wait, so you had their daughter being one of the youngest people to ever win a Grammy. You have the father being the most uh the winningest rapper with Grammys, and Beyonce. She's the most Grammy Award winning performer ever. Oh, so she, she's not tied. She owns it now. She is the most Grammy Award winning performer ever. Now, there may be some, there are two other people, Quincy Jones, who have, she's tied oh, with a as a producer. Oh. I, think, I believe she's okay, behind, okay. I think she's behind him, I think by like, maybe like one or two, but as a performer, as the people we see on stage, as the singing, rapper, guitar. As the face, yeah. Face of the brand. Beyonce is the most winningest person with a Grammy. Not male, female, or all Anybody, in between. Period. Human beings. Period. <laughs> yeah, all those constructs. Even a dog who barked on a couple on a couple tracks. He don't even got it. It's about the Carter family. That family, man, they had a hell of a week, didn't they? Bro. Bro. Hell of a week. That is impressive. It's amazing. If they have a trophy room, I wonder what it looks like. I'm going to bet, I'm willing to bet that there is a trophy room in the Carter house. They probably don't even have a room. They probably got a hallway and the hallway is just decked out with shit. Just Grammys, plaques. I mean, diamond and platinum records, um, crystal awards because from some impressive shit they done did. It has to be, right? They got to have one of those. I'm sure. And I'm probably... They're probably gonna put Blues Grammy in like 
its own little special like it's gonna be because it's gonna outshine the rest you know what i mean yeah because that one's special because it's her first one so that one's gonna it's gonna have a nice spot where it stands out you want to know what's crazy we're talking what's about up? blue ivy a 10 year old a 10 year old or about to be 10 having a Grammy, and we're not even saying she actually got a Grammy. That shit is crazy. We're actually saying, like, that's our first one. Like, we're already assuming this is not the last Grammy for Blue Ivy. Right. And the reason I wouldn't assume so, to have parents like Jay-Z and Beyonce, and the reason I'm saying this because they come off as people who are workhorses like they just don't lean on their talent like they've they are driven they do everything with a purpose i would assume that they are teaching their daughter the music business or entertainment period because i because from the looks of it it seems that's the route their daughter is she doesn't she doesn't shy away from the line right like there's she recently they did a um an ivy park photo shoot from what i understand she wasn't supposed to be in the shoot. She was there while her mother is taking these photos, but she wasn't supposed to be in the pictures. And from what I understood, she jumped up, she jumped up and started posing too. And they snapping pictures of her and her pictures came out very nice. So it's like, okay, she doesn't shy away from the moment when the eyes are on her. And if that's the case, her mother is one of the greatest entertainers ever. Her father is one of the greatest rappers ever. In my opinion, he is the greatest rapper ever. Same here. I'd be hard pressed to believe that they're not gonna teach her the game saying, okay, if you want to be in the light, this is how you be in the light. If you wanna, if you wanna, if you wanna play in this career field or if you wanna pursue a career field in entertainment and music or whatever, this is how you do it. I mean, think about how successful they are. You know how many times they probably fucked up to get to where they are? They done learned, I mean, a thousand and one lessons. A thousand and one lessons that she's going to get out the gate, that she doesn't, she's not going to have to trip and stumble to learn. Agree. You know, you said something earlier, and, you know, we could take this in our professional lives and all of that, too. But what you said earlier was the work ethic, like the hardworking people that Jay-Z and Beyonce are. And I remember listening to someone say, I remember listening to someone say that it's almost blasphemous to call Beyonce a genius because you're taking away from her, like calling someone a genius is like, it's, they were just born with all of this talent and they just do these things, but you're almost taken away from all the hard work that people put in to get to the level of a Jay-Z, of a Beyonce, of a, of a, Quincy Jones. Quincy Jones, like like those people whose names are revered in their in their in their fields, like it takes right. more. It's more than like the Warren Buffetts isn't just oh he's really smart. No, he put in the time, he put in the work. You know what I mean? But let's stay on music. Kanye West, he's someone that people revered as a genius. But on his song Spaceships, Kanye admits that he was doing five beats a day for three summers. That type of work ethic is crazy. Yeah. And I mean, is is it's also commonplace when you when we talk about people who are in these places that a lot of people aspire to achieve, it's like that's what you don't see. Like at the beginning, where they're trying to work to where they need to be, 
it's almost like they're consumed by their passion and that's all that they see. We see the fruits of their labor. We don't see their obsessive compulsive behavior towards their passion. The thing is, when they have this obsessive compulsive uh, behavior towards their passion, they're learning lesson after lesson after lesson. Like right now, if you were to talk to Kanye, you hear him in interviews, he'll tell you that, hey, he could put a beat together for a hit song in 10 minutes. However, when he was doing these five beats a day for three summers, I'm pretty sure it took him a whole lot more than 10 minutes to put a decent beat together, a beat that he liked. However, him doing it over and over and over and understanding music, understanding loops, understanding samples, understanding repetitions, understanding instruments and sounds and, and what goes, what doesn't goes, understanding the emotion and feel of beats and music. Once he understood all that, he can now piece it together a lot quicker than he did before. But the thing is, we can just see him, oh, he's a beast, he's a genius, he can put this together in no time. But he had to learn a thousand and one lessons in order to get to that point where he could put it together in 10 minutes. Now with Blue Ivy, she has two parents that in their given lanes have learned those thousands and one lessons. So she's not gonna, hypothetically speaking, she's not gonna need to spend no three summers putting, making beats in a basement. She's gonna get those lessons from the ground floor. So now the thousand and one lessons she learns are gonna be the thousand and one lessons that her parents didn't even get a chance to learn yet. She's gonna be so far ahead of them that it's gonna be ridiculous. That's if she chooses to stay on this path. So that's why. I hear you, I hear you. If she stays on this path, yeah, but right. you can take, you can take lessons that you learn from your parents, even in one field, those can be applied to other things in your life. That is true too. Because uh, one philosophy that I follow, or I wouldn't even call it a philosophy, it's one thing I believe in, like physics. I believe there's physics of life. And what I mean by that is, like, if you, there's certain rules that they're transferable, like similar to what you just said, no matter what, what the variables are in that situation, if you take the, the, the basics of that lesson and apply it to somewhere else, it would make sense. Like if you were to say, hard work pays off. If, if I were to say, making you know, five beats a day for three summers, that would be the hard work. And then the fruits of his labor is be where Kanye is now. Now, if I just say five beats a day for three summers, that's how you become a good producer. It sounds like, okay, that advice is strictly towards producing music. Like, okay, if I make five beats a day, I'll be a good producer. When really the root uh, equation in that is focused dedication towards a given goal. And you'll improve at whatever the, whatever the task is, which is basically what Kanye did. Now, those lessons that you're saying will be transferable to Blue. So whether she does decide to stay in the entertainment lane or move over, she's gonna have a lot of knowledge that transfers over that she can apply to different fields. So you're absolutely right, I agree with you. People take for granted, like just because you can be inspired by uh, a rapper, a basketball player, uh, any anyone of note, Barack Obama by by you know some philosopher, some whatever you can take, or even a comedian, or even a comedian, you can take 
what you learn from them. Like you could see lessons, like you said, can be transferable. Like I don't have, it doesn't, just because you're a rapper and you learn these, these pitfalls while being a rapper and you're, you're shooting gems out, you know, telling, Hey, you guys don't fall into these same, don't fall into the same pits that I fell into. You can still transfer some of those lessons over into your day-to-day life. You, as you start a business, we're stuck on the Jay-Z thing, but we'll stay on him. Jay-Z started Rockefeller. There are things that they went through in that time that he could probably shoot some game to you and he knows nothing about your business. You're an entrepreneur. He knows nothing about what it is that you do. Jay-Z ain't out here on roofs middle of the day with, with his, with his, you know, in a beaming sun during the middle of the summer. Jay-Z not out there, but he could spit some game that may help you think a little further and propel you to the next level. You know what I'm saying? Good example for that. Issa Rae, she's in the entertainment field. She's a writer, she's an actress, she's a producer, she's a director. Um, she has this quote where she says, you know, when it came to her, she networked with the people across the table from her. These were people that was in an entertainment field, but that was just as hungry as her. So instead of her looking to connect with someone like Tyler Perry, she was looking to connect with somebody who was in the same position she was in, but was just as hungry as her. She connected with that person and essentially they worked together to propel them to where they are today. Me and my brother used that same concept when it came to our store. Um, instead of trying to connect with some of these bigger name brands and bigger stores, we connect with people that are hungry as us. Like right now we got several brands in our store from local designers that are coming from the ground up and nobody knows who they are, but we promote them the same way they promote our store. So now you had this local designer that was only able to sell some of his clothes out of his trunk. He probably doesn't even have the nicest website, but now he has a store that when he walks into, it feels like a nice boutique. And now we prop his clothes up. So what you think he's gonna do? He's gonna go back and tell his friends because we legitimize his, his, his brand now. So now he's gonna go to his friends and be like, hey, go buy my stuff. Look, my stuff is in that store. Now, if that store thought enough of my brand to put my clothes up on a rack, that should tell you that it's worth you buying it. You know what I mean? So if we would have went to, let's say Tommy Hilfiger and said, hey, can you know give us some clothes to put up in the store? They're gonna look at us and be like, why do we need to be in your store? Like we already do so much better than you small fries. But if we find somebody that's on the come up and just as hungry as us and we say, hey, look, we're gonna do what we can to fill out the store, just continue to make good stuff. And now we look good because now you're providing us with nice looking clothing. And now you're in a store that legitimizes your brand. So it's almost like one hand washes the Agreed, other. Agreed, because I've, I've, you know, I've seen, I'm going to go visit your store tomorrow as we record this um, for the big event. But I've seen the photos and everything and the videos that you guys are putting on, on to Instagram and all over social media these smaller brands that you're these boutique brands that you guys are promoting are literally sitting right next to some Yeezys. Like we're putting, you're putting these boutique brands on the same level as some Yeezys or some Adidas or some, or some, or some Jordans that you guys are selling within the store. So you literally are mixing the highs with the lows, legitimizing that, that brand. And I, I think that's dope. Exactly. I didn't see it that way too, but yeah, you make a very fair point. Yes, we do that. All right. Well, let's get off of F and D's dig. What's, what's next? <laughs> no. Um, 
in all in all, shout out to the Carter family. Super happy for them. Super dope what they got going on over there. Moving on. Kirk Franklin made the news. Jesus. Um, I wouldn't even say he made the news. He he made his rounds on Twitter. Let's just say that. Um, so earlier this week, Kirk Franklin was put on blast by his son. Of all people. He got into of all people. His son is, I want to say his son is in his 30s, between 31 and 33, if I'm not mistaken. And they had a heated conversation and his son records the conversation and basically Kurt Franklin saying that I'm going to kick your ass and shit like that. And then he posted online. His son puts this video out of, you know, Kurt Franklin cussing him out. And honestly, from my perspective, it didn't seem, it seemed like it was done with ill intent. Because one, no conversation starts off out of nowhere with somebody that enraged. Something had to get them there, whatever that might have been. Agreed. Kurt Franklin and his son have not the best relationship. So the video starts with, is multiple phones in this particular video. You have the phone that Kurt Franklin is talking on. You have another phone that is doing an audio recording because he has his father on speaker. So one phone is on speaker, Kurt Franklin is on that phone cursing at his son. Then in the other hand, you see the son has another phone that looks what appears to be he's recording the audio of his father cussing him out. And then it has to be a third phone in play because that's the phone that that posts to the internet where it's a video of him recording the multiple phones. And it's like, why are you recording this? You're recording this portion of the conversation to post to paint your father in a certain light. Shortly thereafter, the father apologizes. But the thing is, I would say the large public was on his side from the jump. A lot of people felt that, yo, you didn't need to apologize to begin with. A lot of people peeped what the son was doing and didn't think it was cool. So I don't think Kirk Franklin lost any quote unquote cool points from this. I don't think people looked at him in any different and looked at him any differently. There might have been a couple of people say, oh, you shouldn't talk to your son that way. But I think a large majority of the people is like, I get why you probably snapped at him. And what he was doing wasn't cool because it looked like it was done with ill intent. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I'm not disagreeing that it looked like it was being done with ill intent. That's that's fair. Fair and obvious. Um, and the call gets ready to start. And the first thing, you know, it goes right into Kurt Franklin be like, saying, you know what? You a bitch ass nigga. And the thing, <laughs> and the thing, who starts off a call that way? You know what? If I'm telling you, you know what? You had to say something to me first to make me tell you what's what. I can't tell you what's what if you don't tell me what first. Understood. And, and the only reason I'm going to say this, because there are people who are on, on either side of this. There are people who like, you know, you could tell that there was, there's a tumultuous relationship between the two you know, the word of the day, tumultuous. <laughs> yes. That, okay. You can tell that there is, there's a tumultuous relationship between the two. Right. And you can see that this is probably not the first, like, honestly, this is probably not the first time Kirk Frank has called him a bitch ass nigga. Like very clear, very clear. <laughs> he said it too readily and too easy. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'm going to look at this in a couple different points for one, nothing at no point, should a father call their child a bitch ass nigga, 
or anything outside of their name. Now, granted, these are two grown men at this point. And because Kirk said, because you're being disrespectful. So clearly something was said that Kirk Franklin felt very disrespected by. Now, in Kirk Franklin's quote-unquote apology to the world, which I don't understand why he did, because you didn't offend us. You were talking to your son. Maybe you should apologize to your son, but I'm going to let y'all handle that at another time. But Kirk did get on the the apology and say that, you know, he had the he had the uh, the therapist on on the call as well. So this was a call that had been going on for probably quite some there time. Was, there was three people on this call right. is what you're telling right. me. Right. So of course, like if you've ever been to therapy, therapy can get very emotional, very heated. Uh, even if it's just you in there, imagine a family therapist and God knows what a Christian family therapist is like. Well, I want to end my first point on saying, yes, there clearly was some malice being done some ill intent on the father's side i mean on the on the son's side right number two kirk shouldn't have talked to his child like that i mean just being real i couldn't imagine you talking to your child like that that's some that's some type of toxicity that we shouldn't take on into the next generation regardless of what's going on but his son is in his 30s and if he's being a bitch ass nigga that's he should be called out for hey, it that's cool that's cool i if that's how you feel and if some, and if you got to rebuke that spirit of bitch assness about your son, I understand that. And if that's a private conversation that should have been maintained in the house, it was private. But the son recorded it. Like that was bitch ass activity, recording it and posting it to Instagram. I mean, I'm not validating the father calling him said bitch ass nigga. I'm not discrediting the bitch assness of the event. What I'm saying is, as a father. You shouldn't be saying that to your child. And besides, you did not hear what Plas said. Plas said that wasn't even Kurt. That was him the whole time. He did. Plas also said he got a. He said I got to put my dog on the album for show sure. now. <laughs> said he sounded just like me on the phone. Oh no! Wait, let me say it like Plas. He sounded just like me on the phone, bitch. <laughs> that song is <a> slap. <laughs> Can you picture Plies on the gospel song? The God's property. That shit. <laughs> I think that shit will slap. Nah, I, I hear you, but I mean, we you can't. Like I said, I, that's the type of toxicity I wouldn't want to have to take into my into my parenthood. I can't imagine you talking to your daughters in that way. You know what I mean? Regardless of them no, being and in their thirties, because you mentioned they in they, he's in his thirties. I couldn't even imagine you talking to your child. Your that, that is your child, even though they may be an adult. That is your child. I can't imagine you talking to your seeds in that way. No, and I have no intention on doing so. Um, and I agree. It wasn't, whether that was his child or not, that's not how you're supposed to talk to someone, especially if you're trying to mend a broken relationship. It's not going to do nothing but make it worse. On top of that, you're a person of, of fame, of celebrity. The things you say and do can easily be used and weaponized against you. You got to be more mindful of these things. I, I I hear you on that, but if you expecting to be like I'm like I'm saying I'm not making excuses for what Kirk Franklin said, but if you're expecting to have a conversation with a therapist with your son while y'all try to work through whatever y'all working through, 
they're gonna there's gonna be some tough conversations in therapy and family therapy i'm sure there's a lot of tough conversations you probably felt like that was a safe space for you to speak your mind probably shouldn't use those words but you spoke your mind and that's all i'm saying and you know what i'm saying in that moment kurt felt safe yeah. to speak his mind that violation recording it was a violation of the whole therapy group session or whatever was going on at the time so I understand him being a little too comfortable in that role, being a father talking to his son. Also, you notice I made, I try my best not to even mention the fact that Kirk is this man of faith and this, this guy who, you know, preaches God and all of that before. And the reason why is because we are, if, if you believe in God, believe in any higher power, none of us are perfect. Everybody's a sinner. Everybody's trying. God is working on everybody. You can't, you can't expect everyone to be on and be great and be the best version of themselves at all times. That was that's inexcusable. We can't ask anyone to do that. Yeah, but some expectations for people in his line of work, your expectations for him are higher than it is everybody else. Though. Agreed. We're they're held to a higher standard in that regard, and they shouldn't be. No, I hope, I hope this is an example of times they should. No one is beyond reproach. No one is perfect. Except maybe Beyonce. Well, I mean, let's not be blasphemous. Of course. But I mean, shout out to Kurt Franklin. I hope you and your son get everything resolved. Uh, but yeah, moving on. Um, let's let's stay on music though. Um making history, Drake, first person in Billboard history to debut at one, two, and three on Billboard. I'm surprised he's he's number one at doing that. You want to know who I thought would have been number? If you would have asked me that trivia question, like, hey, name an artist who debuted at one, two, and three, I probably would have said 50 Cent with the album Get Rich or Die Trying, because it seemed like every track on that album was a hit in its own right. But yeah, but debuting songs like that, like even if it was a hit, us playing and spinning it at the house wouldn't make it a single. You know what I mean? Things are counted a little right. different now. True. I, now in the streaming area, I don't really know how all is calculated, but so much music comes out. Every day. Every day. A ton of music is released every day. And for a single artist, not just one artist. The thing is, in rap, people lifespan isn't that long. Like Jay-Z is an anomaly for him to be as old as he is and to still make music as good as he does. Um, a lot of these guys, they're hot for oh so long and then they fizzle out. Drake, Drake's been in his game well over 10 years and to make music now and debut at one, two, and three, the generation that listens to him isn't the same generation he came out to when he was first introduced to the world. That was our generation. The kids that's under us are still listening to him like he's the man. That's impressive to me. It's, it's crazy, right? Because the people right. who we thought, like in, in, the, in the span of 10 years, the guy who was on the top flip-flopped so many different times. You had Jay at a time. You had, you had Eminem at a time. You had, right. you had um, DMX. You had Ja Rule had a, had a nice hard run. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Say what you want. Y'all can talk about Ja Rule can't rap or whatever, but Ja Rule was the top rapper on the charts. If anybody says Ja Rule can't rap there, it's either one of two things. They 
don't know shit about music or they're a hardcore 50 Cent fan and that's what it is. They're just going to be completely biased towards whatever 50 Cent believes. Right. If you know anything about music, you knew Ja Rule had the game in a chokehold at one point. He was everywhere. Yeah. And his music was good. Those ballads he made with him and a female artist, they all slapped. Like, still do. There's no other way to put it. They still do. Still do. Those songs have aged amazingly. I'm surprised he's not touring more just doing those records. I'm pretty sure he can make a decent living just touring and playing those records. Ja Rule's still touring? Oh, okay, my bad. I never heard of the Ja Rule tour. Ja, I know. I think Ja Rule and Ashanti went on a tour not too long ago. It wasn't like big. Um, they probably did like more like the Jackie Gleason or, you know, the Fillmore okay. type vibes. Okay. Know? But it, it's not, it wasn't stadium tours, but I mean, they can still get people in the room. A couple club tours. But 50 Cent not included in a versus battle. Who would you want to see Ja Rule go up against? See, Ja Rule's contemporaries are are either have either already battled mm-hmm. or because like in that class, we talking it was DMX, Jay-Z. That's who he came out yeah, with. Yeah, DMX. When they when they were all at their peak, he was he was standing next to people like DMX, Jay-Z, um, 50 Cent was there. Um Buster Rhymes was up there. Buster Rhymes. Um, um, Eminem was up there. Like those were all the top guys at that time. Um, who else? I mean, Snoop was still Snoop. Up like, like there I would at that I would, time as well. I would throw Nelly out there, but Nelly's already been in the versus. Snoop's already been in the versus. Ludacris. Yeah, Nelly versus. was Nelly was there definitely. So, like most of his contemporaries who are either never going to fucking do a versus, or already done a versus and just look at the, the company he was with every guy that we name is a heavyweight in music and that's who that's who jaru was in the company of like you know at one point herb Gotti was trying to create a group called murder inc and that group consisted of jaru dmx and jay-z dmx and jaru was on board to be in this group murder inc and Jay-Z was the last one that was supposed to sign on. And Jay-Z opted out last minute. And I believe he opted out last minute to do Best of Both Worlds with R. Kelly. <gasps> Two tragic albums. <laughs> For so many reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a topic for another day. Yeah, obviously. Real quick, what else you got on the docky? I think we hit a lot. Uh, we did. We did. Uh before we move on to other things, uh, we spent a, a little while talking about Kanye West and him being uh, not necessarily a genius, but a hard worker who's earned everything he's got in music. Um, one thing we forgot to do was give him his flowers. Just recently, he earned the title as richest black man in America at an estimated value of $6.6 billion. Let me rephrase. Kanye West is worth $6.6 billion dollars making him the richest black man in america the wealthiest black man in america ever what's crazy is um the deals he made to get him to where he's at today you know it's funny we were talking you know harold and jay-z about all the good like jay-z made some good deals in like eight weeks like he made about 600 million dollars in about not eight weeks in like eight days you know what i mean right 
Kanye has taken the Yeezy brand, not only moving it from Nike, moving it to Adidas, to now outside of Yeezys, Ultra Boost and whenever Beyonce, yeah, whenever Beyonce do a little drop, you don't like you don't hear shit from Adidas. Like they no, value, no, really, no. they value the 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 business, the brand of Yeezy, the the shoe to be about three point two to four point seven billion dollars alone. We're not even we're not even we're not even talking Kanye musically. We're not talking none of the stuff that he did prior to. We're going to talk specifically about just the shoes. That's crazy to me. Very much so. Do you own a pair of Yeezys? No, nah, I would not. Nah, no. Nah. I don't. I'm a Nike man. Same here. The only Yeezys I will fuck with is the ones he came out with when he was with Nike. But those are hard. Everybody, those are. I I I'll pay for those. Yeah, a reasonable price. I'm yeah, not reasonable. gonna pay. I will pay retail value. So if if it's two twenty, I think it was retailing like in the two hundreds. I'll pay. I'd pay that. Two, I'll yeah. pay five hundred for them. Man, I gotta be doing pretty good, dude. Hey, man. hey, hey. I mean, you know that, that you mean, know that you know that stimmy done hit. You know the word right. out. <laughs> the word out, be, boy. I paid a 500 for him. If it's a payday and the stimmy hit on the payday, hey. Now a nigga don't know how to act. Yeah, then I'd have paid the 500 for him. Hey man, you know that stimmy hit, yeah. Stimmy hit this week. A lot of people out here being brand new. Hey. Yeah, have you seen the jokes on the st- on the timeline about the STEMI? Hey, like some of you people online are hilarious. Hey, people like they STEMI hit. They jumped in Beyonce DM say, "Hey, my STEMI hit. Where the brunch? <laughs> like I'm rich now. <laughs> <laughs> Invite me to the Rock Nation brunch. What's going on? I like the Somebody. one where I like the one where he was like, he walked into Red Lobster and he said, "I'm gonna get the whale." <laughs> Man, I like the one where it says "stimmy hit." I walked into McDonald's and the person is like, "What you said? How much are the fries?" And he said, "Nah, how much for the franchise?" Exactly. <laughs> it's crazy. Hey, fourteen hundred dollars to do something for you, though. Oh, definitely, definitely. It, I'm, it's not gonna pay your bills for five months, like some people are reporting on their articles. Like, no, nah, that ain't paying no mortgage or rent for five months, but. It does give people a little breathing room. Nah, but $1,400 a person, though? Like, people who got kids? Yeah. I, know, I Look, look, I ain't in your pocket, sir. But right now, like, this got to be my last year. I don't have no kids. I got to settle down, find me one. That we just, like, look, we just going we just going to go half on the baby. For lack of but a better word. But you know word. how fast that money go if you got kids? Like, bruh, kids eat. Kids ain't cheap. That's why the government giving you money like that. Bro, I just, I mean, I be, I, I hate seeing y'all be able to claim all these kids on y'all taxes and shit, bro. Like, real talk. <laughs> you say that now. But I'm, I bet some folks will willingly give you their child the claim if you take everything that comes along with that child along for the rest of that year. Hey, first of all, watch yourself. I just want to put... <laughs> I just want to put Faye on my taxes. Just let me claim her. I ain't say I want it. Like, she don't got to. I mean, if you want to drop her off from time to time, <laughs> like, every once in a while, you know, because y'all want to run in the stove. But. Because I'm telling you right now, Faye wakes up three in the morning and don't go back to sleep to five in the morning. You want to deal with that? 
I'll, I'll let her stay at Uncle Marvin's house if you want to deal with that. Look, I'm going to tell you like Craig told Dede, <laughs> hey, come back. <laughs> no. <laughs> hey. <laughs> that wasn't Danny. That was Smokey. We're Smokey. We're Smokey. Yeah. Go back to the crib. I know like, you're yeah. like, hey, come back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't play with me. <laughs> uh, oh, man. That's a classic, bro. I love that movie. Can't go wrong, man. You can't. It's one of those movies you can watch over and over again and laugh your ass off, like the original Coming to America. Agreed, agreed. But damn, and you know, you know, my dog going—not my dog, but you know, Kanye going through that divorce. So enjoy that six point six while you got it, fam. Yeah, because you more than likely they're gonna put you on alimony too. They can probably gonna take half your shit and spousal support too. It's fucked up. Somebody was telling me. Um, I was having a conversation about this the other day and they were like, well, you know, she got her own money. So, you know, she might not be hard pressed to go after him because she got her own. And I was like, since when did having your own money stop anybody from trying to get yours? Like, just because I got my own money. You're right. I got my own money. I want to spend yours because, you know, that's how people think. And especially when you're going through a divorce, it's hurt people hurting people. Like, that's a totally different. That's a totally different situation. But right. I mean, I, I don't like to speak too much on people um, divorces, but since we already here talking about <laughs> talking about breakups, shit, right before we got on tonight, yeah, like uh, Saweetie and Quavo, they going up. at it. They going at it on Twitter. Yeah, so apparently the rumor is she caught him cheating, to which he replied. He sent a tweet saying. Um, basically, you're not the person I thought you were, and that he wish her all the best. I mean, I'm gonna read you Sweetie's tweet. She said, I'm single. I've endured too much betrayal and hurt behind the scenes for a false narrative to be circulating that degrades my character. Presence don't band-aid scars, and the love isn't real when the intimacy is given to other women. I emotionally checked out a long time ago and have walked away with a deep sense of peace and freedom. Excited for my new chapter of Elevation. Because, you know, women love to talk about their new chapter. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and Quavo, you know, like you were saying, Quavo, with his response was, I know you want to make a show out of this. So I'll play my part. I'll play my part just this one time. I don't normally put my business out there, especially my personal life. I feel the need to address this. So there are no false narratives. I had love for you and disappointed you. Did all that. You are not the woman I thought you were. I wish you nothing but the best. Mm. With accusations of infidelity coming about, I give it about a week or so. It's going to be women that hit the timeline claiming that they're the ones that's been sleeping with them that Sweetie found out about. Because you know... Hey, sweetie wrote back. <laughs> she said, take care. <laughs> she couldn't let him have the last word. No, of course not. I bet if he would have replied something like you too, she would have said something else. You know, you know, you know, you're not gonna walk out of there with the last word and all of that. I mean, I don't even completely believe that it's over between them. You know what I mean? Like, how many times we have seen Cardi and Offset? Look, we don't talk about the same group. I'm just like, we see Cardi and Offset go through this same shit and they still married. 
still right. tonguing each other down on red carpets. I I don't feed too, I'm not gonna feed too much into this, but let me ask you since we we talking cheating and all of that because she said she they, oh, don't say it like that man my wife listens to this no let me let me ask a question are you even hear okay. what I had to say yet <laughs> I know but sometimes she don't even need to hear everything it's just the way you framed it like oh you what you talking to him about cheating for sweetie I, I know uh, nothing about cheating that's goddamn right because black men don't cheat exactly Quavo must not be one of us anyway no nah, he likes skin. hold on now friend come on now <laughs> hold on now friend. Chill out. What you trying to say? Me and Quavo about the same <laughs> arm and shape. I'm fucking with you, man. All right, now. Hold on, now. <laughs> Jesus. All I'm saying is, I'm going to put it in perspective because they put okay. old, um, this old interview with Sweetie where she was like, she don't tolerate cheating. You cheat is Oh, old. okay. Continue. I'm not, I think I'm so, going with this. So my question is, is it love if because a lot of people have that line where cheating is it for them because they'll say that like you cheat mm-hmm. on me that's it it's over it's done right how do you feel about that you don't want to a lot more to lose in this situation that's why i'm asking you because yeah i'm single i have been in relationships but i've never been to the level of being married because that's a totally different situation that not that it is it, it is they were in it but i want to pose that question on how that sits. It's hard, man. Um, cheating is seen and from my perspective. I'm only going to speak from my perspective. I can't speak on every married person's perspective, but for mine, cheating is a huge betrayal. But the thing is, in my position, um, y'all got your whole lives built with each other. I mean, families are intertwined. Now. And I'm not just saying like just us. I mean, like extended families, like our f- families are intertwined now. And I don't mean just us intimately. I mean, like my extended family, brothers, sisters, and so forth, mothers are intertwined with her extended family. Like our mothers are literally best friends. Like they hang out with each other often. Um, our siblings talk to each other outside of us. Like they 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 talk to each other, you know? Um, and on top of that, we have kids together. So there's there's a lot to consider if something really bad happens in a relationship like when you're single and you don't have kids y'all don't live with each other um especially if y'all don't have a lot of mutual friends even if y'all have a couple of mutual friends then okay whatever but if y'all don't have a lot of mutual friends it's a lot easier to say okay you know what i'm not happy with the situation and then you could cut ties your life doesn't change that much you're not going to be reminded of that person at that much but in this case even if you were to do something like that, like try to sever the tie, there's, I mean, there's the whole process of like divorce. There's the uprooting your kids and changing their life completely. And then on top of that, you don't know what your relationship of your child is going to become. You might not see them as often. Like there's so many factors you have to consider. So, I mean, when I was single and I thought about couples who are married and one person caught the other person cheating and they stayed, you know, you kind of looked at them funny because you didn't know any better. It's like, oh, they cheated on you. You should just up and leave. But now on the other side of the fence, it's like, I can see why people stay because there's so much things that has to change. And it doesn't just, it, it doesn't only affect you. It affects people you love. So although you may not be in love with your spouse and they've broken your trust forever, some of the people that 
a breakup would affect, you love them enough to not want to disturb their life as much. So it's like, you know what, I'll eat this just so you don't have to suffer in ways I don't want you to suffer. You know what I mean? No, I, I so feel you. It's, it's, it's definitely a, not an easy topic to think about. You just hope that, hey, I hope I never go down this route. I hope I never experience anything like this. Because if it were to go down this, it's going to be nasty. It's going to be ugly. It, it ain't going to be, and it's not going to be quick. That's the last thing it's going to be. It's going to be drawn out for a while. Right. Right. No, no, I just I just threw threw it your way for the perspective of no, no, I just, no, I appreciate that. Cause I saw the I saw the video and I was like, you know, that shit is that shit's easy to say when you're mad young. You know what I mean? It is. It's it easy is. to say. But once y'all got a life built, like, and if it's love, I mean, like cause I because I've said it, I've said it before. Like, even when I was mad young, I've said it. Um, and shit, I'm not gonna say mad young. I, a couple years ago, I probably said it. Um that you know you know infidelity is just not going to be tolerated that's it because you know they always make the jokes about how you know a man will cheat a, a billion times and they want the girl to take him back but one time the girl do it it's like it's over um but i don't i don't hold that to be the case um unless you let your pride be too much because then if if it's that much then it really ain't i don't know if it's really love you know what i mean right uh, Cause sometimes you, some, when you love, you gotta put pride. Your your pride gotta go to the side. But I just I just thought it was like just for their scenario. I just thought it was like, damn, that's. I saw that interview and I was like, man, I don't I don't know if I if I'm still in that same space when I used to say that. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't fight for your love afterwards. You it's it's just so. What's the word I want to use? Irre. It's just there's no way that y'all you can never reconcile. You know what I mean? And see, the thing is, is like, at one point, at what point do you see, do you see it as, I'm going to put my pride aside and salvage this relationship or versus I recognize this person doesn't care for me the way I want to be cared for. Mm. Mm. So I think that's a conversation you know, you should have. And I don't think people should be quick to say, well, I don't want to be too prideful. Um, I can put my ego to the side and accept this because sometimes it has nothing to do with your pride and it has nothing to do with you being prideful for not accepting something that happens to you. I mean, you can analyze the situation because people cheat for 101 reasons. It's not always just about sex. It's, it's sometimes it's you know, a connection. Let's say if you've been neglecting your spouse for months and they've been giving you signs or trying to connect with you and you just neglected them. You didn't talk. You didn't, You just wasn't there. You might have been available physically, like you're in the same space, in the same house or whatever, but you were always checked out. Like you were always in your phone. You was always you know, not paying attention to the kids, not paying attention to your wife. You didn't talk to them or anything. And slowly she connected with someone else. Is that always, the, but that's not always the case though. No, I'm just, that's just an example. And I'm using that because that's one that a lot of people can identify with. And then she slowly connects with somebody there. And the reason I'm using that example is that's something a lot of people can identify with. Now, in that case, I would say, yeah, that would be you putting your pride aside and understand 
you know, your actions led to this. You pushed someone away and they're human. They wanted a connection. They found it somewhere else. Now, that door may still be open for you to correct that relationship and move forward. That's putting your pride aside. Now, another scenario would be, you know, you being available to your spouse, but they have their urges to want to sleep with other people because it's a sexual thrill for them, which is this happens too. They see somebody that tickles their fancy and they want a piece of it. That's they're human. It happens. Now, would that would you say you would put your ego aside to accept something like that? No, clearly this person isn't. There isn't there aren't in the mind frame of wanting to be in a monogamous relationship. So why why would you continue to subject yourself to it? If they're not ready to be in that relationship with you, you need to recognize that and do something about it. No, I'm I'm I hear you. Wait, I got actually I have one more question for you. This is um when I put out that 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 tweet or the post saying, Hey, if you guys have any suggestions, let us know what you want us to talk about. Somebody brought up a good question. It was like, um, you know, when we were in school, some of the career fields that were that were marketed to us that we should go into. They talked about, you know, they talked about the regular ones, you know, like engineering. Some people mention marketing and accounting and all that, but the world is ever changing. So we went into these majors in college thinking that these were going to be the career fields that were going to produce a stable living, a stable lives for us, stable earnings for us. And then by the time we got out, we realized that that's not what it was. Like the world was changing. The world became more digital. So people who went in a direction where they pursued, let's say, um, software development or web development, those were the career fields that proved to be fruitful, where some of us who chose to go into other fields wasn't as lucrative. Let's say for like construction management, like myself, when we came out, that was at the height of the economic collapse. So I didn't do so well at the very beginning of my career. Like I, it was a it was a hell of a struggle trying to find a job. So someone posed the question, what would the top career fields be in the next 10 years? What do you think it'll be? Mm. So while you were saying what you're saying, I literally started Googling, like what would be the... Without Googling, I'm going to guess. And my number one thing is cybersecurity. I think that would be one of the top three careers in the next 10 years. I think cybersecurity is going to be, it's a big deal now, but I think it's going to be forever growing. And right now, when you think of cybersecurity, you think of a firm that does it, you know, they, they, you outsource your cybersecurity needs and they take care of it. What I think was going to happen in the next 10 years is that every company, the same way they have an HR department, there's going to be a cybersecurity division within that company that takes care of everything. And that's going to be common stay. I don't think cybersecurity is going to be something that only very large companies can afford to do. Cybersecurity is going to be something that every company is going to have to afford to do. Agreed. One thing uh, from, from the field that I work in, I work with a lot of insurance. Um, and right now, the cybersecurity insurance market is going through the roof especially if you were like 
a government agency or things of that nature. I know like just a couple months ago, the city of Atlanta. So what happened was they literally hacked into their system and bricked all their computers. And the term bricked, literally they turned their computers into a brick. Like it would, they put in some ransomware where they couldn't access anything in their computers unless wow. they, and I think their demands was like X amount of Bitcoin or, or this and that transferred over to them into this account. And literally they had to literally just scrap all of their computers and start from the beginning. Wow. They had some backups like, you know, in their servers and whatever, Whenever that was backed up, whether it was backed up six months ago, they just had to start from back six months ago. They literally had to take all that hardware, throw it out. Wow. And that's just one example. I know, I believe something else happened in in the city of New Orleans. Something similar happened where there was some ransomware. I remember there was some ransomware at at one of my previous jobs where the the guy took over the the telephone system and the phones rang for about four hours straight. And whenever you picked it up, he would say something nasty, curse you out, talk about your mom, whatever, 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 and hang wow. up. And he literally sent a demand saying he wanted this amount or he was going to hold the, the city hostage. Sorry. As you can hear, those the Mandalorian sound. <laughs> so it's just like I could definitely see that as one of the top ones. It wasn't on the list at the at this time. Like it's not on the list, but I could definitely see that as one of the ones that it's that's missing from this list. This list was written uh, back in 2020. So okay. the top five five is medical health and medical health services managers. Four are financial managers. Three are operations managers. Two are registered nurses because people gonna always get sick. (laughs) Right, right. Number one, software developers and software quality assurance analysts. So I think that right there, I take that back, right in there is that cybersecurity. Okay. But that's that's like, you know, cybersecurity, cybersecurity is probably right up there. It's a growing feel like it's it's getting wilder and wilder. The more connected we get, the crazier things are starting to become. And that field is going to be wide open. Other things on that list was like market research analysts, market specialists and stuff like that. You know, that's finding new ways to keep us on these apps the way that they do. Let's move on to the vibes of the week. Yeah, let's do it. Tell me what's your classic vibe of the week. I think this song is fitting for what this gentleman accomplished. Um, Because for lack of a better word, you can't tell him nothing. And this is the only opportunity you're going to be able to use him as a vibe of the week. So by all means, go ahead and get it out. Because you know, Kanye West will go back into the penalty box after this episode. Till I give my money right. I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke, I spent that on a necklace. I told God I'll be back in a second. Man, it's so hard not to act reckless. 
To whom much is given, much is tested. Get arrested, guess until he get the message. Feel the pressure under more scrutiny. And what I do, act more stupidly. Bought more jewelry, more Louis V. My mama couldn't get through to me. The drama, people suing me. I'm on TV talking like it's just you and me. I'm just saying how I feel, man. I ain't one of the Cosby's. I ain't go to hell, man. I guess the money should have changed them. I guess I should have forgot where I came from. And that was Can't Tell Me Nothing About Kanye. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Crazy. I still know every word of that song. Dude, that song is such a classic. Every word of that song. Now, such a classic. With all the shit that Kanye go through, um, I have recently started to really think like, I got to start giving, I got to start putting more stock into the fact that there are mental health issues there. Um, and I've stopped putting stock. In, it's something that you've said on many occasions. And I've stopped putting stock in a lot of what he says. Now, a lot of what he says now is detrimental. I think there's a lot of things that he does that are detrimental to the community that I'm not taking away from, but I'm not going to take away from all of the greatness he's put on wax before, you know, some of these mental health issues became so apparent. Yeah. See, a few things could be true at the same time. Like when it comes to his music and his, his passion for music and and his passion and some other things, he can be correct on that. But at the same time, just because he's right about something he's passionate about, he can be completely dead wrong about other things too. And just because you feel he's a genius in certain aspect doesn't mean he has genius intellect in everything he's saying. Mm-hmm. And my issue when it comes to him, I would say it's not, it's not him per se, because again, he has mental uh, issues that he needs to address or he is addressing I don't know the case but he has mental issues that we're aware of my thing is is the people that report on him and the people that provide him with this platform as if he's speaking the gospel they respect him so much in his given field that when he steps out of bounds and he talks about other things that I feel he knows very little about they hold him in that same genius intellect regards and it's like no you can't do that yeah, you respect and love his music, cool, but also understand this man is dealing with some stuff and that needs to be made aware whenever he's talking about things like running for president. Absolutely, absolutely. But like you said, that song was a classic. I, I That song has put a lot of aspirations in me since I was a kid. So, you know. That song still me inspires nothing. me, yeah. I feel you. And on, on that same vein, on that same vein, um, I'm gonna play, I'm gonna play something else. It's gonna take you back. It it ain't a class, like it ain't like it's around the same time. It's a classic to me. And it's flossing by Big Mo and Mike Jones. Oh. Mike Jones, Jones. I stay flossing in that candy paint, going dank, sipping drink, I stay flossing in that candy paint, going dank, sipping drink. 
slide up and down your block with a chain full of rocks and princess cuts in my wife. Right now, a lot of people calling. But back then they left Mike Jones crawling. I'm rising, they falling. Cause I stayed up on my grind. Didn't have time to whine, had to put it down. I'm Mike Jones, Mike Jones, Mike Jones. Jones and I'm a stay putting it down to the end. Ripping pins, trying to put a brand new Benz in the wind. Cause I stay flossing in the Lawson, man. I was on my way to work the other day and I heard somebody playing it on the side. Like, yo, I know that song. Like, what the fuck? Like, I know I know that song. And I, I was humming it the whole day. Like, I only, you know, you can just hear the beat, but you can't hear the words. I was humming the fuck out of that song. Or the melody, and you're just humming the melody, and you're trying to put the words to it, and it just won't come. Exactly. I was humming the, like, I was like, yo, it was killing me. And the whole day you like, hmm, <laughs> like what the hell is that song <laughs> and it took me back because when I first went to FIU because of you know I didn't have my beard or nothing like that I was still clean face you like Mike Jones was looking I used to still tie my do-rag up wear my big shirts they used to call me Mike Jones we did <laughs> we like, did y'all did and when I first moved on on Campus. campus that's what the, the so one of the girls who like we were the first like four or five people in the dorms right after hurricane uh i want to say it was hurricane katrina actually yeah katrina yeah and we were like the first five like it was only five of us in the whole dorm like and she dubbed me mike jones and that shit never went away for like two years but uh but yeah it just took me back man good times that's what's up go ahead throw me a new vibe of the week man so the new vibe of the week comes from two artists that that I think are dope, and they're collaborating on an album called uh, Silk Sonic. Actually, I think that's the name of their group. The name of the group is Silk Sonic, and it is also my new vibe of the week. Frank going to play both of our new vibe of the week right now. Didn't even discuss it. <laughs> that's crazy. New vibe of the week, Silk Sonic, leave the door open. Silk Sonic. I don't know what neighborhood they live in, but I ain't leaving my goddamn door open. No, not at all. I barely. All. I look. I, I lock the bottom lock. Just run into the car. <laughs> no, right. I, I don't even. I don't even live in no bad neighborhood. But you know, you never know, man. I'm gonna leave the door open, girl. Okay. Hey, never know somebody waiting in the bush just for your house nah you know that's how you know we grew up that's how you know we grew up in the because we always you always feel like something right around the corner that could be the end of my life all right right let you me see. just never know my shit need to be secure okay 
Nah, man. But on that note, man, anything else you got to bring to the table? Nah, I think we good for this week. Yeah. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin, a.k.a. Turnpike Mars. It's your ladies for the streets, a.k.a. Dat Man Beyond, Frank's favorite one, a.k.a. Dr. Strange for a piece of change. And the man to the right of me can only be the F and F and D Frank. You can email us at the Samurai Professional Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at the Samurai Pros. Hit us up with any comments, questions, or even topic suggestions. You can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse at I Can Only Be Frank. And where can they find you, Marvin? You can reach me on Twitter, Instagram, and Clubhouse at Marvin X Adams. And guys, I promise you, I promise you, we're going to put this playlist out. We have been saying that. We, we have gotten delayed because, you know, we've had a lot of things going on. But the playlist will go out at the same time as this episode is dropping. You'll be able to go find it on both my Apple Music and as well as Frank's. Yes. This has been another episode of the Samurai's Professionals Podcast. Peace. Peace.